rotted now, but the rats were still there, millions of them, some as big as cats, and the stench was always the same, death and latrines. You could smell the line miles before you actually reached it. It varied from one place to another, depending on the nationality of the men who fought there. Corpses smelled differently according to the food the men had eaten. Barshi threw away the last of his cigarette. Reckon we'll make Passchendaele again within the week? he said, looking at Joseph and squinting slightly in the last of the light. Joseph said nothing, knowing no answer was expected. Memory held them together in wordless pain. He nodded, looked at Barshi for a moment, then turned to pick his way over the old duckboards and around the dog-leg corner into the next stretch. All the trenches were built in a zigzag, so that if the enemy did storm them, they could not take out a whole platoon with one burst. The wooden reveting that held back the crumbling walls was sagged and bulging. Joseph reached Tiddlywop Andrews just below the fire step. The young soldier's handsome profile with its quiff of dark hair was clear for a moment against the pale sky. Then he ducked down again. Evening, Reverend, Andrews said quietly. He started to say something else, but the increasing noise drowned it out as a hundred yards to the left the machine guns started to chatter. It was time for Joseph to go back to the casualty clearing station, where he could be of use to the wounded as they were brought in. He passed other men he knew and spoke a word or two to them. Snowy Nun, his white blonde hair hidden by his helmet, Stan Tidyman, grinning and whistling through his teeth, Punch Fuller, instantly recognizable by his nose, and Cully Teversham, standing motionless. Like every regiment, the Cambridgeshires had originally been drawn from a small area. These men had played together in childhood and gone to the same schools. But with so many dead or wounded, remnants of many regiments had been scrambled together to make any kind of force. More than half the soldiers now going up and over the parapet into the roar of gunfire were almost strangers to him. Joseph came to the end of the dogleg and turned into the connecting trench back toward the support line and the station beyond. It was dark by the time he reached it. Normally the station would not have been busy. The wounded were evacuated to the hospital as soon as they were fit to move, and the surgeons, nurses, and orderlies would be waiting for new casualties to be brought in. But with so many German prisoners pouring through the lines, exhausted, defeated, and many of them injured, there were still nearly twenty patients here. In the distance, more columns of soldiers were marching forward into the trenches. At the rate they were taking ground now, the front line would soon move beyond the old earthworks, abandoned in the retreat. In the open, the casualties would be far worse. Joseph began his usual work of helping with more minor injuries. He was busy in the general admissions tent when Whoopi Teversham came to the open flap, his face frightened and smeared with blood in the lantern light. Captain Reevely, you'd better come. There's two of the men beating the prisoner pretty bad. If you don't stop them, they're like to kill him. Joseph shouted for one of the orderlies to take over from him and followed Whoopi outside almost treading on the man's heels. It took his eyes a moment to adjust to the dark. Then he started running toward the pale outline of the operating tent. The ground was rough, gouged into ruts and shallow craters by gun carriage wheels and earlier shelling. They were ahead of him, a group of half a dozen or so crowded together, lightly wounded men on guard duty. Their voices were sharp and high-pitched. He saw them jostle closer, an arm swing in a punch, and someone stagger. A star shell went up and momentarily lit the sky, 
outlining them luridly for several seconds before it faded and fell. It gave him long enough to see the figure on the ground, half curled over with his face in the mud. He reached them and spoke to the only man he had recognized in the brief light. Corporal Clark, what's going on here? The others froze, caught by surprise. Clark coughed, then straightened up. German prisoner, sir. It seems to be hurt. His voice was uncertain, and Joseph could not see his face in the dark. Seems to be, Joseph said scathingly. Then what are you doing standing around shouting at each other and throwing punches? Does he need a stretcher? He's a jerry prisoner, someone said angrily. Best put him out of his misery. Bastards spent four years killing our boys. Then think they can just put their hands up in the air and suddenly we'll bust our guts bandaging them up and looking after them? I say the war's still on. Their brothers are over there. He jerked an arm toward the gunfire. Still trying to kill us.